If you are not already a part of 10X People Skills, the Facebook group, what are you doing? You should absolutely join. It is totally free. And we talk about your people problems. Whether you have a team or you don't have a team and you're looking to bring new team members on, we address everything from communication tips to how to fire somebody or how to create cultural touch points. It's a great place for you to be able to get some one-on-one interaction and ask me direct questions about the people problems that you are currently facing in your role. Go to cardonventures.com forward slash skills to register. If you want to make more money, there's two ways to do it. There is a transactional way to do it, which is not how we're going to talk about it today, but in other episodes, I will totally dive into that. I also want Grant to join me for an upcoming podcast so that he can talk about sales and the importance of sales. He was just recently going off on a call that I heard him on about women in sales and I cannot wait to bring him as a resource to you. But today I'm not going to talk about the transactional way to make money. Today I want to talk about the career way to make money. Now, what do I mean by the career way to make money? Sales, anybody can learn how to sell, right? You you can follow a script and if you have the confidence in yourself to learn how to convince somebody that they need the thing that you're selling. Like any single person can do it. You every single day sell somebody on something or somebody is selling you on something each and every day, whether it's where you go to dinner with your significant other, whether it's what type of popcorn you buy. I am currently eating my favorite skinny girl popcorn. It is, oh, let me set the scene for you. It is 9 15 on a monday night this podcast goes live tomorrow gotta get it in when you can Uh, i'll get into that in a second but whether it's the type of popcorn that you're buying if you even do buy popcorn or if you choose to go for the cheez it's another personal favorite you're either being sold or you are selling somebody on something so sales is a way that you can make money If you sell something, you can make money from selling that thing. They could be a product, a service, a good. In order to make more money, you could even get creative, sell your furniture, sell your clothes, sell your things in order to make money. That is in my transactional category. In the career way to make money, meaning you are not directly in a sales role. And if the company that you work with, work for, or that you have created, doesn't offer an incentive bonus for you to make additional money through selling something for them. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're an accountant and there's no comp plan or compensation plan that your company provides for you to refer a customer to your business and for you to get additional income because you've done that. That means that from a career standpoint, you have to Do this one thing that is going to create transformational value to you from a monetary standpoint. You ready to know what it is? Brandon Dawson taught me this. This was actually the very first time I heard this quote. Um, I wrote it down. I was in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was 20 years old. 
I couldn't even legally drink on this trip. Um, I didn't drink back then anyway, but uh, I remember going to this event and I had to get those black X marks on my hands because I wasn't of age and yet all of our events were in nightclubs that were you know, converted for a corporate event. Um, but at this particular event, it was the pre-event where we were doing uh, essentially like a sales summit. It was called a guest summit for us. And Brandon said the quote. Now I better not mess up the quote. Hold on, let me look it up here for a second. I might butcher it a little bit, but you'll get the point. The quote was, or is still today, very applicable. Money does not flow to people with degrees. Money flows to people who solve problems. That's it. That's the extent of it. So yes, if you're a salesperson, you might not actually be solving a problem. That's a transactional thing. You could just be selling, but I guess you could make the argument that you're solving the customer's problem by selling them a good or service. But from a career standpoint, in order for somebody who's an accountant to make more money in the finance world of the business, the accountant has to take on the ability and the awareness that he or she, hopefully she, I love myself, a female accountant, uh, can solve problems, can solve bigger problems for the organization, for its customers in order to add value, in order to make more money. So the more that you can throw yourself at massive problems, the greater your value, the greater your income potential. So what's most people's challenge with this? I mean, problems are fun to talk about and can become very esoteric in a conversation like this. Like, oh, I can solve problems and I love solving problems. And you can kind of go down that path. But when you really think about it, nobody likes real problems. Like each and every one of us spend a good amount of energy every day avoiding problems. If you could divert from the trafficked area in your city, you would. Why? Because it's a problem. You don't want to have to encounter the slowness. You don't want to have to to be diverted from where you were going in the first place. Like problems are not fun. Problems are not sexy. Talking about problems and throwing yourself at problems is a very seemingly anti-survival skill set, meaning it's the exact opposite of what you want to be doing. However, to the extent that you can recognize that your ability to solve big problems is going to be the thing that allows you to move up in your career, you will be able to actually move up in your career. And so what can this look like? Right now, Cardone Ventures uh, is going through a fun change. We talk about breakpoints at an event that we host called the 10X 360 event. And essentially every single business has breakpoints and it's usually tied to revenue numbers and or uh, employee counts. So the first breakpoint that a business goes through is going from the owner and founder of the business and duplicating that person's success so that they have more than one employee in the business so that it's not just a single person. It actually is beyond the first team member, the person who's actually fulfilling the work. Because it's a very difficult thing for most owners to think through. Like, 
what should that second employee be doing? How do you train them? And if I'm the person that's solely responsible for driving value in the business, how much time do I really have in order to train somebody new? That's the philosophy anyway. The second set of breakpoints is when you have team members in place, but you need to start documenting processes so that more team members can come in and there are more systems that you have to be able to find, create, mold to your business in order for those processes that are manual to become more automatic and easier for new team members to start onboarding and for the information to get transferred into a whole slew of team members' uh, understanding so that they can ultimately serve your customer. So Cardone Ventures is in this breakpoint where we get to move from more manual processes into automated processes right now. And let me tell you, over COVID, me and a couple of other of our executive team members had a massive set of problems to solve. And instead of making it somebody else's responsibility, we buckled down and we sorted through the problems. We spent a good three months. So three months during COVID, um, you'll notice I wasn't posting much, much on social media. It was 12 to 14 hours of working for Monday through Saturday. There was a brief break on Sunday and there was still, you know, email exchange and communication that was going on, but you may, we made it through these three months of problem solving in order to move that piece of the business forward and to create the processes that then the team could duplicate. Well, when I look back on the entirety of my career, the things that have moved me forward and propelled me to the next level was always the moments when I made the decision to see the problems that were in front of me and not assume that somebody else was going to save me or that somebody else was going to save that department or that product or that company. Every single time I have noticed something, there is always this moment of deciding, am I really the person that has to fix this or needs to bring this up as an issue? Because who likes to be that person? Like if you're anything like me, which I know you are, You don't want to be the person that's pointing out the big glaring elephant in the room because it's kind of nice to pretend like the problem doesn't exist. But if you can train yourself throughout your career to look for problems that are going to stunt growth in the relationship that you're in, in the business that you're in, in the team that you're working in, and not rely on other people to fix it, extreme responsibility you will find that your ability to solve problems will be the thing that creates your career path as one that excels and continues to move up because there are two things that happen. One, most people don't think of it as their responsibility to look for problems. There are problems that exist in every single organization across every team in every department, but Most people just are so focused on the thing that they're doing, the thing that they're responsible for executing for, that they don't take it upon themselves to even think with, oh, how could I improve this process? Or what could I do in order to spend a little time and energy to rework something? So that's the issue that first arises, that 
Most people just assume somebody else is supposed to take care of that, and so it doesn't come into their purview. The second group of people see the problem, but don't choose to actually do anything with it. You cannot be either. You have to think of yourself as fully responsible in an ownership type role for any sort of problems that arise. This level of extreme ownership in our language is called a 10x employee or an intrapreneur. Now, the difference between an intrapreneur and an entrepreneur is in an organization, the entrepreneur, there's really only one of them. There might be two if they're co-founders, but an entrepreneur is somebody who starts a business and takes disproportionate financial risk. There's always financial risk with entrepreneurship. They take disproportionate or disproportionate financial risk in order to start a business and start investing resources, time, etc. in order to make this venture work. An intrapreneur is a team member within a business who didn't found the business, who didn't start it. They might have some ownership, they might not, but they act within the business as if they were an owner. Not in an entitled way, but from the standpoint that they are there in order to make sure that each and everything that they touch is to the level of satisfaction and potentially even overly satisfactory to the business owner. And your ability to choose to take on this entrepreneurship within an organization leads to more responsibility, more awareness for what could or couldn't be going wrong with the product or service that your business offers and is an invaluable skill set that you will never ever outgrow that the businesses that you work in in your career will ever be shy of. I'm sorry, I meant to say that the other way around. Every business that you work in will be shy of people like this because there's so few people who view their role in this way. And to the extent that you can learn to give yourself permission to start asking questions, not in an accusatory way, not in a nitpicky way, but in a way of trying to understand for the purpose of fixing an issue or solving a problem, I'm telling you, you will become an invaluable asset. And if the organization that you're working in, that you do this in, doesn't value you, the skill set alone will allow you to be hireable in any type of environment that you ever go in. It's hard to explain why, like as I, as I think of myself in the leadership role that I'm in, in the business that I'm in, and also across the hundreds of organizations that I've worked with, with business owners who are looking for these types of team members, it's hard to really quantify the impact that these type of people create in businesses because it's mostly clear when a business doesn't have the presence of entrepreneurs. And part of this is because it is the leader's responsibility to be able to foster this type of environment. But when a business does not have multiple entrepreneurs, but minimally one, it is oftentimes a culture where 
you can feel the top-down environment, meaning the business owner or the leader makes all of the decisions and there isn't a lot of buy-in from the rest of the team, but they do it because they have a job there and because in order to make a paycheck and feed their families, they need to move, they need to go along with that line of thinking. But man, the businesses that can cultivate an environment where people fight for the business as hard as the owner, or the leader, oh my gosh. It's like having a supercharged team. And this is the goal of hiring every team member at Cardone Ventures. Now, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think that every single team member within our business is an entrepreneur. The opportunity is available for every single person to do that and to be able to solve problems and bring ideas to the table that generate revenue. But part of that comes with learning business learning what adds true value to an organization, knowing what revenue lines are important and coming up with ideas in the form of products or services in our business, courses or copy or designs that increase the top of our funnel or create efficiencies through our product offering. And so as I am once again in a position where I'm gonna attack some problems that I see the organization facing, I want to be able to share with you that one, it is your job to look for problems, not to point out problems, to look for problems and your job to number two, come up with solutions to solve those problems that do not take additional resources on the environment. If this whole entrepreneurship or 10X employee ideas uh, or ideology is new to you, what you should not do is come up with big ideas for a small problem that you might see that will require a significant amount of resource and process change and essentially resource outside of you putting in some extra hours in order to fix. The problems that you solve initially, if this is new, are problems that you and you alone can solve. So no additional resources. Think of you as the resource that the organization can deploy in your outside time to solve a problem. Maybe this is documenting some extra processes. Maybe this is creating a workflow to explain how different departments or different teams interact with each other in order to make the product flow more seamlessly. Don't overextend yourself before really understanding what the true problem is by thinking you need to bite off more, more than you can chew. More than you can chew. Take smaller things and create confidence in the team around you that you are looking for these things and actually able to solve problems, not just seeing problems, pointing out their problems and adding ridiculous amount of cost or unnecessary time to fix something that in the scheme of things is not the highest organizational priority. So my final thoughts and encouragement to you on this is solving problems is a journey. Depending on the organization that you work in or the organization that you've started, you will find varying degrees of people around you who will allow you to think bigger and beyond what you're currently adding value to. 
or what your current role is defined by. My encouragement is don't give up on this process. Think of yourself every single day as either adding value or taking up space. In a previous podcast that I did with Ashley Stahl, she said that in the podcast, and I loved that, and I loved it so much that I actually wrote it on the little whiteboard that I have that sits right in front of my desk. You are either adding value and or taking up space. And my definition of adding value is solving massive problems that nobody else wants to touch. You can do the exact same in whatever environment that you're in, and it is a surefire way if you do not give up for you to be able to make more money in your career and make more money in your business. So with that, guys, thank you for tuning in to Work Woman. It would mean the absolute world to me if you would write a review on wherever you listen to this, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, a review would mean so very much to me. Give me as many stars, hopefully five, uh, and write a little something. I would love to feature it, and I appreciate your support. I appreciate your love. Don't forget to share this on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform you pay most attention to. You guys already know that I love the gram the most, but I'm starting a little bit to mess with TikTok. Uh, if you want to leave a review there, you would certainly be the very first person that left me a TikTok review. And I would not be mad about it. So with that, until next week, you guys be great.